Oh, hey, Rebels, it's me, your favorite rebel, I hope, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. However, you know, I do say it every single week. This is the internet, and the beauty of that is the freedom to listen or watch whenever you feel like. Now, tonight my guest is one of the most censored men on the entire planet, and it's not because he's saying anything radical. It's because he is saying the most normal things. He's telling us to settle down and that the coronavirus is not as bad as everybody says it is and that society at large, politicians, our public health officials, have been guilty of a wild overreaction. His name is Dr. Roger Hodkinson and if you post anything about him on social media, on Facebook or YouTube, you risk having your YouTube channel um, and the rest of your social media just completely nuked by big tech censors. That should tell you how reasonable he is, by the way. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which, you know, obviously I think is worth the price of admission. But you also get access to Ezra's nightly Ezra Levant show, David Menzies' Fun Friday night show Rebel Roundup and Andrew Chapados' show Andrew Says. For all of this, it's only eight bucks a month to subscribe. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. It's really easy. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member today. And now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show. Will the Omicron variant be the Grinch that stole Christmas? I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're watching The Gun Show. It's another year, and that means another holiday season. And yet the chorus of public health officials and politicians are still caroling in harmony. However, the song they're singing is not about joining together with your friends and family to celebrate the end of the darkest 21 months of recent human history. The two weeks they asked for to flatten the curve took about 630 days. No, instead they're singing their little fear jingle about the next thing we have to be scared of, and that's the Omicron variant. So to combat the fear and hysteria that is being blasted at society by politicians and the TV and social media, I've reached out to a friend, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, who has been an outspoken critic of the societal reaction to the pandemic from the very beginning. Roger received his medical degree from Cambridge University. He did a residency at the University of British Columbia. He became a Royal College Certified General Pathologist and a Fellow of the College of American Pathologists. He's a member of the College of Physicians and Surgeons here in Alberta, and he's recognized by Queen's Bench as an expert in pathology. He's CEO and medical director of Western Medical Assessments, and he was the president of the Alberta Society of Laboratory Physicians. He's got a career in diagnosis, and yet he's been under attack for speaking out from inside his own profession, but from without. Now, he's not a man to be intimidated or silenced, and he always has a lot to say. So here's some of the interview we recorded at his home 
yesterday afternoon. I'm here today in the home of Dr. Roger Hodkinson, and um, we are obviously breaking all kinds of rules because uh, we're mixing households right now, (laughs) and the government says that's a big no-no. But Dr. Roger, I wanted to have you on the show today because you are a voice of reason, and you encourage people from the very beginning of this to settle down, not panic, and act reasonably. And yet, as it seems to always be, There's another new variant on the horizon. Just as case counts are headed back down, the government says we have more reason to worry. So I wanted to have you on the show to give us what you see to be the facts, the straight goods on the Omicron variant. Well, the the Omicron scariant, you you might (laughs) say. Um, For those of you who are listening who are into crosswords, which I'm not, um, an anagram of um, Omicron is moronic. And I think that describes the situation very well, because um, this is not the last scariant. Uh, The Greek alphabet has other letters waiting, (laughs) um, and uh, it's predictable. Um, You can never, ever get ahead of an RNA virus. No matter how much you vax and booster and so on, it's always for yesterday's virus. And so not only is it guaranteed to fail because it's, um, I, it's targeting a virus that no longer exists, but more importantly, uh, when you're doing this to billions of people, literally, you are encouraging what we call evolutionary pressure on the virus to escape control and for more variants to appear. Now, fortunately, with every successive variant, they tend to be less infectious and less virulent, less dangerous, which is a good thing. But but obviously, this is a no-win situation. Um, You can never, ever get to zero COVID. And so the logical thing is you don't have to be a physician um, or a scientist to realize this, this isn't rocket science. If something's not been working for two years, and you've tried all these ridiculous things, none of which have any evidence in any support in evidence-based medicine. If it's not, if everything's failed for two years, just maybe, knock, knock, just maybe nothing works. Just maybe. It's obvious, isn't it? So what they need to do is stop this ridiculous rollout of an experimental vaccine that was never needed, is not effective, as Bojo said, out of the mouths of babes, it, it doesn't stop you getting it and it doesn't stop you transmitting it. So if it was never needed, it's not effective, and it's so bloody dangerous with at least 20,000 deaths in the United States and the VAERS system now attributed directly to the vaccine. 20,000 people dying because of the vaccine is an absolute minimum, and it's probably five times that because of the unreliability of reporting. Obviously, this whole madness should stop, and it should stop immediately before we start in, injecting this stuff into children, which I call child sacrifice, even less reasonable. They, children are not getting COVID. They don't spread COVID. And if you give it, them the vaccine, they're going to die of the vaccine. They'll never die of COVID, but they certainly will die of COVID with 500 cases of myocarditis minimum 
in Ontario right now. A dangerous, dangerous complication. Now, I wanted to ask you about the vaccine complications because now, across the country, Moderna is not being recommended to young people, young men in particular. And yet, if you said that six months ago, and you were saying it six months ago, you're a crazy person, conspiracy theorist, and anti-science. But now, even the government is saying that, but they are pretending that people like you were not sounding the alarm bells a long time ago. Well, of course I was, and uh, I said then, and I'll repeat it now, this is the greatest hoax ever perpetrated on an unsuspecting public. And they've kept them unsuspecting intentionally. They've kept the public ignorant. If there is no information out there of a contrary nature to what their narrative, if physicians individually are prohibited from counseling people not to take the vaccine, how can you have informed consent if there's no information? They are guilty of the most profound medical, where they, I mean the colleges of physicians and surgeons of this country, who are there to protect you from us, are guilty themselves of the most profound medical malpractice by prohibiting the opportunity of having informed consent. Quite apart from first do no harm, because we know that lockdowns have produced enormous harm, disproportionate to any benefit, and we know that the vaccines are actually killing people. So first do no harm and informed consent. I, I lay at the college's feet the most profound example of medical malpractice this country has ever seen, because it's not just practicing on one individual, it's practicing on society. You know, that's really been something that you have been driving home from the beginning of this, when you started speaking out, was that the colleges are taking the autonomy away from the doctors to yeah. treat their patients as individual patients with individual issues. I know I've seen this firsthand through our work with Fight Vaccine Passports. A lady named Naomi Smart works or used to work for CNRL. She suffers from extreme anaphylaxis. Her doctor initially told her, definitely do not take this vaccine. I will write you a medical exemption to protect your job with your employer. And then the doctor said, I've been pressured not to write this, and so I won't. So this college that's never met with Naomi, has never seen her medical records, knows nothing about her, is overriding the doctor who's treating her. What does this mean for patient safety at the end of the day? If this can happen with a vaccine, what other things can it happen with? Well, if they're allowed to get away with this, obviously the future is rather bleak for the confidentiality and importance of the doctor-patient -patient relationship. Um, the suppression of this traditional ability of physicians to speak their mind, to, to advise an individual patient in front of you who is now sick and could die, that, that right that we have to express our opinion freely has been trampled on. And that does not bode well for the future. So it's so important that this is stopped immediately at a regulatory level. And everyone should know, Sheila, uh, we were together on a podcast today, um, a very important decision in the, in the British High Court, which cannot be appealed, which has supported Sam, Dr. Sam White in Britain. A, a most brave physician, the tall poppy in Britain, mm -hmm. who the NHS the, the, and the General Medical Council were determined to silence 
a five-year battle, and the High Court has now ruled in his favor a major win that has international significance, that a doctor can in fact speak his mind and not suffer the retribution of the regulatory bodies to affect his position and his income. Just so that our viewers at home might realize what happened with this doctor, he spoke out about the COVID restrictions, what he saw as dangers adversely affecting not just his patients, but society at large. And he was given a prohibition on speaking out even on social media. They limited his free speech and he won a human rights decision that allows him now to speak his mind and speak what's on his heart when he sees something dangerous to the public health. Yes, in other words, he was treated exactly like uh, Chris Scott um, right. at the Whistle Stop Cafe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, I can't uh, emphasize this enough. This is a massive win for medicine and for the freedom of expression in general because it will have international repercussions. People will be watching that decision and seeing what happens next, if they have any wiggle room, for example, to still get at him. People should realize that the NHS and the General Medical Council in Britain never lose. (laughs) That's the scale of this win. And I think, you know, when when you see this victory, it, I hope at least, it will embolden other doctors to speak out because now they realize that they can't have their human rights violated. They can't have these free speech prohibitions on social media. It's interesting to see so frequently, and we've seen this for years with the climate change debate, 97% of scientists agree. Yeah, because you're censoring the other ones. (laughs) And the same thing is unfolding in medicine right now, where they say all the doctors agree. Well, yeah, because the ones that don't, you take their license away. And even when that's not enough, you shut them up Um, on social media with these orders and regulatory offenses against them. Yes, and I'd say, you know, there's there's greater significance for this decision in terms of the recent pronouncements by Merkel in Germany to mandate vaccination of the unvaccinated. No option. There'll be a syringe at your door, especially for you. And then, of course, there's the pronouncement by the president of the EU, another German, it seems to be in their genes, doesn't it? It's not it? a good look. <laughs> it seems to be in their genes, doesn't it? Um, the president of the EU saying that she would like to scrap the Nuremberg Code. Well, of course you want to scrap the Nuremberg Code if you're guilty under it. <laughs> so clearly this decision has ramifications that um, can influence this, um, the continental madness that's going on. I wanted to ask you something because uh, you did send me an email Uh, late last week, because I'm subjecting myself to antibody testing. My friend and I, one of us had COVID, one of us is double vaccinated. And uh, it's the reason I'm doing that testing is because that testing is good enough for the government to make their decisions, should be good enough for me. And we're seeing whose immunity wanes faster, the double jabbed or the natural, naturally obtained immunity. But you also sent me an email saying there are other things that I should be on the lookout for when I'm doing this test. Yes, the, the antibody study is, um, is largely irrelevant. Um, antibodies don't last forever, even with a COVID infection, they, mm. they, they wane. The, the big point is that the immune system has two important arms. One is to create antibodies. 
that everyone's aware of. But there's also the cellular immunity, the so-called T-cell immunity, which is much more important as the long-term memory of what you have faced and succeeded in battling and, and, and are still alive. So those cells are ready and waiting to just go next time you're exposed to disease X. The T-cell immunity is much more important for viral illnesses, but we do not have a, a readily available test in Canada in order to test for that capability. We just have the, the antibody tests. Better than nothing, um, but we know, of course, from the, the vaccination studies that the, the antibody result uh, response is quite temporary, mm -hmm. six months or thereabouts. Um, and that's the predicate, of course, for needing to be jab, 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 jabbed every three months to maintain that level. Um, quite apart from the fact that the, the antibodies are no longer specific for that particular version of the virus that's around today. It happens to be Omicron now. It'll be some other Greek letter next month for sure if the madness of, of booster jabs indefinitely continues. Now, I wanted to ask you before I let you go, because you've been very generous with your time and your home today. You've been a bit of an oracle from the beginning of all of this. And, you know, some would say you have a crystal ball, but I think you have a crystal mind. What's on the horizon for society when it comes to COVID? Are we going to see the restrictions rolled back? Are the vaccine passports permanent? What happens next? There are already cracks in the dam, and we've heard of one in Britain just today. Um, this tyranny always fails, uh, but we can't wait for the courts, as in Britain, to be decisive. There's a need for individuals to stand up and be counted, no matter what gets thrown at you, whatever the consequences are, personal, friendships, etc. So important that individuals stand up, bang the table with their MLAs, bang the table with your church leaders, Make sure your, your voice is heard. The, the reality is, um, Sheila, that um, very shortly the, the autopsy of this mad event will be written by the likes of Alex Berenson and other investigative journalists. Clearly, when children start dying in numbers because of this vaccination program, that will, I think, be the last straw for the population that's currently undecided about this whole mad episode. It will result in a huge loss of confidence in politicians. Kennedy is, Kenny is toast. He, he's the dead man walking, in my opinion. And so is Trudeau. When the truth of this starts getting out in lay language, when the autopsy is written and the basement printing press starts, starts working, politicians watch out we're coming for you. There's a, still a thing called elections in this country, and you will not survive. There will be blood in the gutter. You better get ahead of the game now, put your standard in the ground and say, I was wrong. And then perhaps you're, you'll be forgiven. I said that was my last question, but it wasn't my last question. My last question is, given that we are purging, the most ethical people amongst us, the resistors from academia, in the case of Dr. Dr. Julie Panessi, in politics, in the case of Belinda Carahelios being not allowed to do her job in the Ontario legislature, 
um, what does this mean for society's institutions? Because we are purging the people we want in positions of power from positions of power. What does that mean for the advancement of medicine, society, human rights going forward? I take a bit different take on COVID. COVID is actually a very fortunate event. COVID has made us focus on the loss of freedoms. It has a more generic concern. Yes, COVID is, is, is unfortunate, but remember it's no worse than the annual bad flu. You've got to have it in perspective here. Mm -hmm. This never was Armageddon. But it, it, if I liken it to a pustule that we can finally pop and get people aware of the significance of loss of freedoms, how wokeism has taken over society, this, uh, this desire to follow the herd implicitly, to give up anything and everything just so we can have our Netflix and water bottle and iPhone and everything else is peachy, thank you very much. No, it's not peachy. Look what can happen if you let government get away with this one. So when they lose on this one, which will be big time, big time, when they lose on this one, I see it as a very positive thing for humanity because it has significance way beyond COVID. Well, I love your optimism, and uh, I look at things through a very particular worldview. So for me, I do agree. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, Dr. Roger, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Wait a minute. Oh, Wait okay. A minute. I'll let you have one more. <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> Mr. Kenny. Checkmate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dr. Roger, thank you so much for your time today and your hospitality and your reasoned analysis of the... Uh, scaremongering that we live with every single day. I'd, I worry about the state of society when everybody exists in this heightened state of anxiety where they feel justified in yelling at total strangers in the grocery store because the TV and the politicians told them to. Mm -hmm. So uh, I appreciate uh, your calm analysis with regard to everything. It's been a pleasure, Sheila. Thank you very much. Now, for those of you who have been following along the trials and tribulations of Dr. Roger Hodkinson, he has been slandered, maligned, and written off as a kook, despite his extensive professional and educational history. And I only listed a bit of it. There's so much. But the censorship around Roger is so prolific, you can get your Facebook page and your YouTube account cancelled just for posting clips of him saying perfectly medically sound things. It's been my experience in censorship that they only go after people with something dangerously important to say. And that's why Roger's always welcome on my show to speak what's on his mind. Uncensored. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think. <laughs>